bringing you key insights, tips, and advice from the brightest minds in the Canadian franchise industry. This is the Franchise Canada Chats podcast. I'm Angela Cote, your host of the Franchise Canada Chats podcast, where we take you into the world of franchising. Our interviews are with franchisees, franchisors, and industry leaders who give on the pulse expert advice and share their franchising insights and experiences. Hello, Angela Cote here, and I am excited to bring you Ashley Gunlock, President of British Swim School, and Melissa McGarvey, Director of Aquatics for British Swim School. And today we're going to be talking about growing into the Canadian market. So just for a little bit of context here, my background comes with my upbringing with the family business, M&M Food Market, which we grew over the years to almost 500 locations across Canada. And so I'm excited to hear about your entrance into Canada and in your goals, which we'll get into in just a minute, ladies. Um, I'm really excited to learn about British Swim School, but I first want to give a shout out to the CFA for all the amazing work that the CFA does to educate us, to help us network and be together and to protect the franchise model in Canada. So with that said, are you ladies ready to get rolling? Yeah, let's dive in. Awesome. I'm sure you've never said that before. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm sure there'll be lots of good, good puns like that. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm ready for you. All right. So Ashley, I'm going to start with you. Can you tell us a little bit about what this, the British swim school model looks like and, and then get into what sets it apart from other swim school or sort of similar concepts? Yeah, for sure. And I'll, um, I'll share a little bit about the operational model and then I'm going to pass it over to Melissa. She'll talk about some of the um, things about our unique aquatics program. So we have a really unique model in that we partner with local businesses in the community that typically have pretty underutilized pools. So if you think about hotels or fitness centers or retirement communities, you know, typically those are sitting unused for a lot of the day. And so our franchisees rent those facilities, you know, maybe by the lane, by the hour, by the day, depending on the agreement. And this is opposed to building million dollar standalone facilities. So effectively we're allowing our franchisees to skip out on all of the chaos and the headache and the stress and the liability um, associated with commercial pool construction and then keeping that up and running. So that means it's really easy for our owners to get started. They can get started in just a couple of months um, and then for them to scale their businesses as the demand grows. So they can add more time at those pools. They can ultimately add additional partner pools and staff really as their demand grows in the industry. Um, so I know Melissa, she was going to talk a little bit more about our program itself and how that works with that model. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, Ashley. I was just going to actually start from the very beginning because I think for me, the most exciting part of British Swim School and what I would say sets it apart more than anything else is really how it all started. So we actually turned 40 this year. So we've been in the industry for 40 years and I'm amazed at how well our program was designed even 40 years ago, back in 1981 and really how little we've had to modify it. Um, of course, we've made some changes and you know modifications to certain things as we've improved throughout the years, but our founder, Rita Goldberg, um, actually developed this program based on her passion for swimming. So first and foremost, but she also was um, in the educational system in Manchester, England when it started and 
hence British Swim School, that's where it started. And I think that that's really what's given us this strong foundation for a really strong aquatics program is that it came from a place of not just business, but more so the passion and the children's development side. And I, I truly believe that that's the success that we've had so much. And um, it is also a survival swim lesson school. So it's one of those things where we really do stress that survival is our number one goal and safety is our number one goal. And because we're a survival first program, it's essential for everybody to know what to do if there is ever an incident that occurs. So to put it in perspective, just because you know how to swim across an entire lake, if you get to the middle and you get tired, it doesn't really matter how far you swam. Do you know what to do if you get tired to get back? And that really does set us apart from other swim schools because that is the foundation of what we work on the most. Um, and the last point I'll make too is that we do focus on something we call water acclimation. And acclimation is all about teaching any swimmer of any age how to respect the water and understand the water and be comfortable in the water before you are overcoming your fears or before you're trying to learn something you're not comfortable with. And we truly believe that that is the best way for them to be successful as a swimmer moving forward. Awesome. I totally understand that. I, I actually only learned to swim um, myself about 10 years ago. I was comfortable in the water, but I didn't really know the proper techniques and things and be have become really into swimming. It's such an awesome uh, activity. So, so it's, I, I didn't realize that this is for adults as well. So it's, if I'm understanding, understanding correctly, right. It's for kids, adults, anybody that needs to learn better swim skills for safety. Yeah. Okay. Any age from three months old, all the way up to, I think the oldest the oldest customer, I believe, the oldest swimmer we have right now is in early, early 90s, uh, late 80s. And for her, it was a bucket list thing, just never could afford swimming lessons growing up and has always been interested in the water and wanted to swim. Um, and she's in Florida at one of our franchisees there. And she's uh, for bucket list purposes, she's learning to swim at that age. And we do offer an adult program as part of the franchise concept. Um, it's included and it's um, it's going really well right now. We've got a lot of adult in interest happening in our system. That's awesome. And, and when I think about myself, the reason I learned to swim was because I had been really into running and I couldn't run anymore because of my knees and I had a big surgery on my knees and, and, and you talked earlier about underutilized pools. The pool that I go to is in a hotel. It's a, it's a 25 meter pool, but you know, I could, I could see it being utilized for more things than just the casual drop in swims that mostly hotel guests are doing. So, um, and yeah, I just, I think it's amazing to that adults can, you know, I went through that process myself and I would have loved to have like really good lessons at the time. And, you know, I over time figured it out, but that's very, very cool. Um, so let's move into uh, franchise franchise owners. A big part of, as I mentioned, the CFA's mission is to help educate people to understand what it's like to become a franchisee and, and who can that be. And I, I find a lot of people, they need a little help connecting with, you know, what it's like to be a franchisee. And so I'm hoping that in this conversation today, it kind of set, plants a seed for people to think I could actually do that. So what role do franchise owners typically play within the organization? Yeah. So the role they play really does depend and vary decently based on their background, you know, their other commitments. And a lot of times we see that evolve over time and we'll work with people through the development process to understand, you know, ultimately what is it that they're looking for to have their role be, you know, at the very beginning and then kind of throughout the various stages. But, you know, getting started, I would say that the majority of our new franchisees are, are pretty involved in the day-to-day, -day, um, making sure that they're getting their business launched effectively, 
ensuring that the program is being delivered well. Over time, as they grow, they'll typically hire teams to manage the core functions. But, um, you know, we encourage them to stay pretty close to kind of the key aspects of their business that, you know, need to be managed closely to make sure it can continue to grow and then kind of calibrate their operations as needed. But I think it's worth noting, we do have some people who come in who prefer to join in a semi-absentee role, which we do absolutely support, you know, in those instances, it's all about hiring that key person who is going to treat the business like it's their own, somebody that they can really trust. And we'll encourage them to bring that person in for that initial training. You know, we don't want to pretend like we can train a semi-absentee franchisee in a week, and then they can go and reiterate, you know, all of our program back to somebody. So we'll train both at the same time. So they've got some kind of duplicity of, of education, I guess. Um, and then ultimately, usually that semi-absentee person, they'll continue to be pretty um, active those first days, weeks, and then pull back as that trust adds in. So Melissa, anything else to add to what I just said? I don't really think I'll add anything other than just stressing sort of your point from the very beginning. I believe it's one of the greatest aspects of this business is that it isn't a one size fits all. So it's not a model that you need to come in and it's cookie cutter and it's built, you know, this, the same across the board. And I can honestly say that every owner that we've worked with, there's been different things that we've had to, to help them with. And it's built on where they have their strengths and, and what they ro- what they want their roles to be based on those strengths and working with them to fill the roles of, for areas that they're not as confident in, or maybe aren't as passionate about. So I think from the, from our side at British Swim School, our team is comprised of experts in a lot of different areas so that new owners have people in each area that they can turn to no matter what experience they already have. Because many people are coming from a corporate world or another, uh, you know, a life that they've built up their career on and they're changing into something that might be new. And I think it's just reassuring for people to know that we've got the experts in place to help you in the areas that you're not as confident in. So that for me is kind of the biggest thing that I would, I would want to stress. We hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Did you know that Franchise Canada has a newsletter sent twice a month that's packed full of fresh franchise opportunities? With Franchise Canada e-news, you get new content from Franchise Canada magazine, franchisee success stories, industry news about CFA members, educational videos all about franchising, and you can keep up to date on the newest episodes of the Franchise Canada Chats podcast that you're listening to right now. Plus, by subscribing to Franchise Canada e-news, you get a free subscription to Franchise Canada magazine. Subscribe now at FranchiseCanada.online. Now, back to the podcast episode you are enjoying. That is so important. Yeah, just because I think a lot of people, what what the roadblock that they have when they're thinking about whether or not they should become a franchisee is... I don't know anything about maybe financials or I don't know how to do marketing or whatever. And, and, and we'll get into training and support in a, in a minute here and you can get deeper into what that looks like. Um, but I think people really need to understand you are not alone. And, and I love, I love that when you're in a franchise, you are working amongst other, like you're running a business that other people are running the exact same business. So you've got people that you can reach out to and, and because you're an established franchise company, you've got franchises all over the U S and, and now you're growing into Canada. There's lots of people out there to help. So that's really, really cool. Um, so let's actually segue then into the ideal traits or characteristics you look in a, a foreign franchisee. Cause this is the part where if somebody's listening, you know, it's like, let's get introspective and think like, do I have these traits? Because this is such a fun opportunity. And, and, you know, if you can match it up, then away you go. 
So Ashley, uh, or actually, no, we'll start with you, Melissa, on this one. Yeah, sure. Um, so I think I'll kind of speak to the elephant in the room on this business and say, you do not have to know how to swim to even own this business. So really what I would say, and there's lots of points I could bring up, but I'll try to uh, limit it to some key elements. I would say you would have to have a passion for the mission um, especially if you're not a swimmer yourself. And we've actually had some owners in the past come in because they were not swimmers themselves. And they really did see the importance of being in this business. So it is a family focused business, really looking to positively impact a community. It's, it's really essentially a business that really does fill two major buckets. It allows people to create a business model with a lot of support to be able to give them that freedom to have that healthy work-life balance and create futures for their, for their children and their family. But it's also a really rewarding feeling to be able to provide that gift of swimming and survival to your local families and communities. And we're, we're seeing a shift right now in swimming lessons, and it's less of a choice, and it is becoming more of a necessity as the world seems to be changing. Actually, coming out of COVID, this is our probably our, our definitely our busiest time. Um, we've seen just a lot of people understand the importance of getting themselves and their children into swimming. And, you know, the way that we're traveling and the way that we're vacationing is changing. People are staying closer to home. They're, they're staying, you know, at their friends' pools. It's had a 23% increase in pool construction over the past couple of years. So we know that it's now a necessity and people are seeing the importance of it. So being a new owner and offering that as an option for those, those people in your community is just such a lifesaver, you know, without, without being, you know, over the top, but it really truly is. As far as some other traits, you know, you, you do need to be motivated and hardworking and, and really have a desire to grow the business. So we encourage people at, to scale and grow, as Ashley mentioned previously. As well, it's a strong customer service mindset. So it is something where we do provide swimming lessons, but it really is a focus on a service-based business. So you are providing a service, not just to keep your customers, aka the swimmers happy and the kids, but keeping in mind that they can't drive themselves and they can't pay for it themselves. So you've got two, two audiences that you're really looking to, uh, to keep happy. Um, and the last one I wanted to mention, and this is something I've been really passionate about over the last few months um, in particular, is being in a business that you're able to motivate and manage a younger workforce. Mm -hmm. And knowing that our Gen Zs and our millennials and even the new one coming up, Generation Alpha, they want to work in a place that they feel like they have a connection to and they feel like they're giving something back and they're passionate about. So we are seeing that our business actually right now is suited to the generations that we're working with because we're able to fulfill that for them. And they're happy to come to work and happy to be able to work with kids and give back. So it's going to be great if you're somebody who, who wants to build, you know, the future, not only of your customers, but also of the people who you employ. I love that you mentioned that about the the younger generation and their need for connection and 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 really uh, my daughter is one of them and she is really purpose driven in what she thinks about and this impact that they want to make on the world. So this sounds like a really great opportunity for that. Um, I just want to re- uh, emphasize something that you said there um, about the you still have to work hard. And, you know, I think a lot of people, when there's a, a, an established brand that people might recognize, or, you know, that that's got a lot of things figured out, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. You still have to, you know, you don't just switch the sign on and, and everything uh, just happens. And so uh, one of the questions we hear a lot from people that are thinking of becoming a franchisee is like, what do I do to, to grow the business? So I'm wondering if, if in, in your brand, that's 
getting out into the community? And if, if so, can you give a couple of examples of things that a franchisee does to get more business, to grow the business? Yeah, I can answer that for sure. Um, you know, we always like to tell people like we can run your, your digital marketing programs and we can get you PR, but we can't physically be in your backyard. And we know people like doing business with people. So we're constantly encouraging our franchisees to find different ways of being a part of their community. So we support them with materials to do, let's say, water safety presentations in schools. You know, preschools are, are filled with our customers. Um, and even when, you know, maybe some of the COVID restrictions have made it so it's not as easy to get into those schools, we've got a lot of really fantastic water safety materials. We partner with some really reputable water safety organizations like the National Drowning Prevention Alliance. Um, who have helped us, you know, put together these really fantastic, very educational water safety materials. So we can distribute those to the schools. We can have signage up in pediatrician's office, partner with local businesses. And then a lot of times it's just about kind of like being where customers are. So, you know, Halloween, fall festivals, you know, some of the winter celebrations, we're just encouraging our franchisees, like get out there, talk to people. You don't necessarily need to try to sell British swim school, but it's more about talking about water safety. You know, I'm a mom of three little kids. I didn't know most of the water safety things that I probably should have known before I came into this role. Um, so I think there's a lot of, a lot of room there to really provide kind of that credible voice in the community. Yeah. So it's not, it's not rocket science. It's getting out there. It's being the face of the brand and the community and probably finding things that you like to do. And then I think, you know, being, um, if you know, I'm Susan from British swim school, people just become aware. They, they know that that's who you are. And then when they know they need lessons or whatever they need, they think of you. Right. And they want to, they want to be a part of that. So. Yeah. Awesome. And we have a Susan from British swim school. Who's very passionate about our brand. So I just, why we both started laughing. We both started laughing when you said that, because we were like, we have a Susan. Oh, that's so cool. Perfect. Awesome. <laughs> Shout out to Susan. Um, okay, let's, so yeah. So, so getting customers is, so there's a, it's a combination of, you know, like you said, like you can run digital marketing and, and things, you know, paid advertising and do PR and all that. But at the end of the day, this is the beauty of franchising is that you've got a local business owner right in the community that can go out and make those connections. And, and it sounds like you have lots of um, ways that you support franchisees at the stage you're at. You probably know a lot of things that work that you can, that you can say, Hey, here's some things to try. So speaking of support, let's talk about training and support. So Ashley, what training and support, let's talk about the initial training. And then let's also talk about ongoing. So starting with the initial training, what do you provide a franchisee that becomes a part of your system? Yeah, for sure. And actually, Susan from British Swim School is the one who manages this program. So we've got a really fantastic onboarding program. Um, you know, one of the few maybe nice things about COVID is that it really forced us to take a look at our training program and see how we could kind of give a little bit more flexibility to our, our new franchisees and then limit the amount of time that they had to be away from their homes, traveling, things like that. So we have a business training um, uh, structure that's a combination of asynchronous, um, like kind of webinar-based training. We do a lot of live Zoom sessions with various members of our team. And then when they're done with that, we bring uh, the new owners to our home quarters in Virginia, where they meet with the team, it's a really hands-on couple of days here. They're like actively creating their budget. We're working through those local marketing opportunities. Marketing team spends a ton of time on that, knowing how important it is. 
um, and really just making sure that they're they're familiar with all of the systems and the various tools that we use. Each of our franchisees is also assigned to a franchise business coach. And when they come here for their in-person training, they're also spending some dedicated time with that person talking about pricing and really kind of learning how they're going to best work together so that that coach can continue to mentor them. And then we hand them off to Melissa and her team. So you want to kind of give a little bit more on the aquatic side? Yeah. um, So very similar to what Ashley was mentioning, COVID gave us that opportunity to really look at our training program. And actually, um, the, the one thing I was really focused on is that knowing how people learn differently Um, we've actually broken it into three steps, uh, similar to our business training. So the first step is to do, you know, our online learning system where there's quizzes interactive, you've got a workbook that you go through. And it's actually a requirement for all new owners to complete the um, instructor training, because I feel like it's really important for an owner to know not only exactly what an instructor training or an instructor is learning during their training, but actually what they're not learning is also important so that they know what they need to coach and train um, their instructors on afterwards. So after they complete that online portion, we do a live online Zoom workshop um, that goes through, uh, and we'll use the, uh, the pun again, but we do dive in to the why behind the whole program. So it's a more in-depth training meant to allow those owners to ask questions, learn through watching videos and sort of have myself or one of my teammates, somebody who's an expert in the in the field to really bounce ideas off of and, and clarify things. And then I'll say that the last part is really the most important part, which is the hands-on learning. So this is a very hands-on business because we are with kids in water and knowing that things change all the time and you know, it's one thing to watch a video and and see it as a perfect scenario, but it's a total other to be in the pool. So we actually bring new owners and an aquatics leader if they've decided to hire one to one of our regional training centers, where myself or a corporate trained aquatics trainer is with them hands on for three to four days. And we really just get in, we get our feet wet, if you will, and our hair and our everything wet. And we just play with the kids and their hands on and we walk them through it. And we really want to coach them to see how, you know, how great things can go and, and what mistakes look like and be there to say, that's okay, you made a mistake, you're supposed to make mistakes, but here's how let's do it again. So that we really feel that they've got that confidence to go back when they first open and, and, and get things started. So there is that three prong training. And then I'll just speak a little bit to the ongoing training myself and my team. Like we're always looking to improve our program as needed. So, you know, we review things that uh, we might have in our training that we can do a better job on. So there's continually webinars and additional training that we add and presentations that we'll make. And those are always opportunities for any owner in the system to take some time and participate in them. And then always looking at developing the program from there. So you know, we're, ne- we're never more than a phone call or an email away. And I- I'm sure Ashley would echo the business side too. We- we- we're doing the same thing in the business side as well. Yeah. So Ashley, you mentioned uh, that you're, they're assigned to a franchise business coach that becomes their person that they reach out to for, for support ongoing. Can you just maybe speak to that a little bit? Sure. So they're, they're assigned a coach who will work with them on, you know, everything from hiring challenges, which I think, you know, probably every business owner saw a bit of in the last year to, you know, structuring their pricing and when they're ready to expand, how best to address that. But I mean, we really do give them access and encourage them to reach out to the whole, the whole team. So it's not like they have to go through this one person. If they need help, they'll reach out to 
our marketing team, if there's something going on there, they'll reach out to, you know, perhaps the person who runs our business analytics tool, if they don't understand something in the reporting. So we don't let people go too long without hearing from us and, you know, checking in, making sure they've got what they need, that they, you know, are up to the, up to speed on kind of like the latest and greatest of anything that's come out from the corporate team. But, but really it's, it's as much as the franchisees want that support, they're definitely going to, um, to get it from our team. And then I'm assuming they also get support from, from each other. Like there's, are there collaborative opportunities that they can learn from each other? Yeah, for sure. So we've got, um, we've facilitated several kind of forums for people to use where, you know, if they've got questions on aquatics, they can, they can reach out. I think because of a, maybe the kind of person that is attracted to British Swim School, we've got such a friendly group of franchisees. I think they're always willing to help one another. Um, we've got a franchise advisory council who each of those members has an assigned group of franchisees as well that we kind of need pulled on something. We'll have it, hey, can you reach out to your team? Or those people can then kind of raise if there's a concern or something that they want to bring to the corporate team that they maybe don't want to do so directly. They've got that avenue as well. Awesome. I, I have to say that was one of the things I loved about being a franchisee myself. I've, I had uh, three stores for 18 years. And, you know, when I couldn't figure out, you, you mentioned earlier about when it comes to the ideal traits, understanding that you're going to be leading a team of, of entry-level workers, right? Like younger generation potentially. And, and I remember because I was 25 years old myself when I was a franchisee, like initially. And I remember thinking like, I couldn't get my staff. How do I get my staff to listen to me? You know, how do, what, how do I get them to want to stay working here? You know, retention. And to be able to reach out to other franchisees who had figured it out was so helpful. And for some reason, like had so much more credibility too. just hearing from another franchisee that was actually doing it in the moment. So um, it's definitely uh, a great uh, opportunity for people to, to learn from each other in franchising. So, okay, let's, let's talk a little bit about the Canadian market and the expansion goals for Canada. So you're, you're looking for, for people that are listening right now and thinking, this actually sounds like something I might want to do. So um, what are the goals for the Canadian market? You know, the areas you're looking for people or anything else you'd like to speak to there? Yeah, I can, I can get started there. Um, so, you know, we've established a presence in both Toronto and Ottawa, um, have some really successful franchisees in those locations. So, you know, our goal is looking to expand our footprint. You know, we know there's a huge opportunity and demand for, for formal swim programs like ours. Um, and as, as Melissa will probably tell you in a second with Melissa and another one of our, our dedicated brand team members in Canada, we can provide really fantastic support. So we actually just launched something that we're calling the, the Canadian foundation initiative, where we're looking to kind of build this initial, we're calling like a cadre of, of franchise owners where we'll facilitate kind of what you were talking about that peer mutual support. We've got some initiative, um, some incentives alongside that. We've got a marketing credit. We've got a, you know, get one territory free if you purchase one. So really kind of putting our money where our mouth is. We know there's huge opportunity in the market. So we've just been putting a lot of effort toward, toward these goals and initiatives um, as we, we look to launch into 2022. Yeah, it's really, really awesome that you've got uh, Melissa here in Canada and, you know, somebody like uh, people that understand the Canadian market. So is there a number of units potentially that eventually you see in the Canadian market or is there any goal like that? 
I don't think we've um, kind of want to cap ourselves out on our on our limit of what we can do. Like I said, we know we've got about 115 units here in the U.S. We know we have the team and the support to support a much larger system in Canada. Um, and with you know only having a couple of markets sold out right now or a couple of territories sold out, um, we're we're pretty wide open at that point. Awesome, and I, I guess that's that's the thing that's really exciting right now is that you know, getting in at this early stage, there's a lot of opportunity and, and opportunity just to really, yeah, bring it to the market, bring it to the Canadian market and, and be the first and capitalize on that, I guess, and then have some fun. So, um, so that's awesome. So I'm going to ask you one last question that I didn't, I didn't warn you about, but I think you'll be able to answer it. I'll ask you each to answer just real quick. And that is what advice do you have for somebody that's thinking of becoming a franchisee? What would you recommend they do as a starting point? Ashley, I'll ask you first. All right, perfect. Um, I would encourage somebody to, you know, talk to other franchisees who are are doing this. And, you know, we're always trying to help people identify, you know, franchisees who might be like-minded or coming from a similar background, but, you know, obviously they have access to whomever they want to talk to. Um, and to kind of run by any of the concerns or, you know, help me understand what it might look like my first month six months down the road, because as much as we can share from the brand team, that's nothing compared to the people who are living this day in and day out. So that's that would be my biggest advice. Awesome. Melissa, what about you? So I'm going to echo it and also encourage people to talk to others, but I'm actually, I would say, talk to your family and friends in your area. And the reason I say that as somebody who lives in Canada right now, it has been frustrating for me growing up swimming and having done swimming lessons when I was a kid and even having friends and family members who do swimming lessons now in, in the Canadian market, that it is quite outdated and we need a facelift and we need something refreshing to come into this market. And the kids are there and the passion for swimming is there and the need for it is, is very much apparent um, in the drowning statistics that we're seeing in Canada as well as throughout the world. And what I would just say is do some research into your area and, and many people will be shocked by what they find. But one of the greatest things about British Swim School is that we focus, our number one goal is to teach people how to roll onto their back so they can breathe and call for help and move to safety. And unfortunately, the majority of swim schools currently still are trying to get people to the wall. But for those of you who look at drowning statistics, more than 50% of the drownings in Canada are actually taking place in open water where there is no wall. So we don't want to teach the kids necessarily to get to the wall first and foremost. We want to start all of our efforts and adults, I should say, kids and adults, to be able to roll on their back and have that comfort and safety and really to buy the time for parents to get to their children when they notice that 30 seconds that they've gone missing. We want to take a severely traumatic, terrible, awful day into a, oh man, that was close. Thank goodness for British Swim School. That's our overall goal to really support those parents in that, in that step there. So as a Canadian, I'm encouraging you go out, look at your current market, find out what's close by, call them up, find out what they offer for swim schools, for their, for their lessons at the swim school, and just learn a little bit more about British Swim School and how different you can bring an experience to the market and really help give back to your community. Awesome. Strong message there for the fellow Canadians to, to get out there and do it. That's amazing. I got a chill just listening to you talk about, you know, the, the difference between in that 30 seconds, how that can make such a difference 
like there's no, nothing better than obviously being able to save somebody from drowning. I can't imagine. So thank you so much to you both. Um, it has been really awesome. I really feel the passion and I think, you know, passion really is a, a success factor here. And so it's been really awesome to learn about it. And now I'm starting to think, Hmm, who do I know that I could tell about this so we can get this going on Vancouver Island where I live. So, so anyway, thank you both for the interview and all the insights. Thank you. No problem. Thank you. Thanks for listening. For more franchising resources, including how-to articles, expert advice, franchisee success stories, and franchise opportunities, visit FranchiseCanada.online. Don't forget to subscribe to Franchise Canada e-news while you're there. You can also learn more about franchising at CFA.ca and connect with specific franchise opportunities at lookforafranchise.ca. Now go be awesome.